0: Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, we had some good football today. You know, the all three games, for the most part, were pretty good, right? Detroit and Buffalo, clearly that game came down to uh, the last second there with a field goal win for Buffalo. Uh, Detroit, or Detroit, Dallas and New York. I'm Very competitive game for, you know, about 90% of it. And, you know, Minnesota and uh, New England here having a really good game. It's currently in progress. Uh, it's just started the fourth quarter here, as I record. But three really good games. But we're not here to talk about Thanksgiving football. We're here to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and their game Sunday night with the Green Bay Packers. But before we do, I wanted to address something that's been talked about all week, all week in Philly radio. And it was talked about last week as well. And it's starting to really piss me off. And it's this notion that Jalen Hurts has been part of the reason that the Eagles have not looked like the dominant team that you thought they looked like for the first, what? Nine weeks of the season or seven weeks, whatever it was post-Pittsburgh game, right? And that's because they believe that Jalen Hurts is letting his play slip, right? (laughs) It couldn't be further from the truth. Jalen Hurts has had no part in that game, that loss to Washington. I thought he played really well. Indianapolis, even though we scored 17 points, I thought Jalen Hurts played really well. But these people, especially these talk show hosts, want to keep pointing the finger at Jalen Hurts. And I was thinking to myself, why are they so adamant that Jalen Hurts is an issue here? And I thought about it, and I thought, let's really think about this for a second. Let's figure out as to why people are, for some bizarre reason, trying to blame Jalen Hurts for the struggles of the Eagles the last two weeks. And here's what I came up with. I came up with this. Number one, I think... Just the, as simple as it is, because Jalen Hurts was not a first-round draft pick, that these people just naturally believe he's flawed. And and you hear that and you go, come on, and it's like, think about it. He wasn't picked in the first round, so that tells teams or teams that tells these pundits right these these experts Twitter. People, you know what I mean anybody who talks football that hey if he wasn't a top five pick that means something must be up he must not do something well because I forgot every scout gets it right was let me let, just think about this was Dak Prescott picked in the first round we're gonna use him as an example no oh, was a fourth round pick came out the year Carson Wentz did ironically uh He was not Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or who else in that, Paxton Lynch. You know, like there was a bunch of guys picked in front of Dak Prescott. And then Dak had a really good rookie year. You know, obviously Tony Romo got hurt. But even then, there was always questions on Dak Prescott for the first couple seasons. He had to answer question after question after question in Dallas because people just thought, well, he's clearly overachieving. And then on top of it, the owner of his team didn't want to give him a contract. So it just kept fueling that, that even, you know, the the very top of his organization thought we can move on from him because there was this natural belief that he was flawed because he wasn't a first-round pick. You know, we, we forget that Tom Brady wasn't a first-round pick. You know, they you forget that, you know, Joe Montana wasn't a first-round pick. You know, and I get it. Nowadays, it's a little different. Quarterbacks are severely overdrafted with the exception of, for some bizarre reason, the 2021 draft class. But, um, you know, everybody thinks in their head that, you know, hey, if there's a quarterback, if if he's got even second round, like he's going to go in the first round because people will overdraft the quarterback. And the funny thing is, Jalen Hurts being a second round pick, this belief is that he's naturally flawed. And I know it. And I could tell that, these guys just want to talk about the flaws of Jalen Hurts rather than believing that guess what? Maybe he did have flaws coming out of college. I mean, I didn't really see them too much because this guy almost won the Heisman in his senior year. Um, he played in the college football playoff every year he started. Uh you know what it is too? Part of it is the fact that, you know, he 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 was a runner. He wasn't a naturally gifted thrower. And he had to learn that and develop his throwing ability. And, and for some bizarre reason, when he came out, he was not put on the same level as Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, or Tua Tagovailoa. And with that, Jordan Love was picked ahead of him. You know what I mean? Like, t- t- Think about it. Do you think that would be a redo right now? But the the problem is with the Eagles, like... With the Eagles, these pundits and all that talking about them, it's that they need to point their finger at something. And naturally, they always just go to Jalen Hurts because they want to believe Jalen Hurts just simply isn't good enough. Even though he's done everything to prove that he is. And by the way, just because you weren't picked in the first round, you do have this ability, right? It's called to get better. You know, some of the best players in Eagles history, as a heads up, weren't first round picks. Just throwing that out there. You know, just, just to pass that along to people. But they're not quarterbacks, right? Now, another reason, and I think that this one I think this one plays a lot of it is because he just doesn't have an absolute cannon for an arm. And we saw that today with Josh Allen who in the fourth quarter, with like twenty some seconds left, got Buffalo in the field goal range because he threw an absolute dart. Not many guys can do it. The, the throw he had to digs there at the end of that game was unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes can do something like that, you know. But that's not a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. And when you hear that, you instantly think, oh, I got to have one of those guys. I got to have a guy who's got an absolute cannon for an arm. You know, baseball, by the way, there's pitchers. And, and I know they have 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. But the Hall of Fame is littered with guys who threw the ball just 90. But they didn't have a 100-mile-an-hour one. They didn't have a cannon for an arm, right? Jalen just throws the ball where it's supposed to be. And he. by the way, it's not like Jalen Hurts doesn't have a good arm. He has a great arm. Like, he can make every throw on the field. He just doesn't have that quote-unquote exceptional fastball. By the way, neither does Tom Brady, just as a heads-up. I just want to get that one out there. You know, like, Tom Brady doesn't have a cannon for an arm. But man, he knows where to throw it. Does Tua have a cannon for an arm? It's funny because you know he's a top five pick. He does—he's the furthest thing from a cannon from an arm, but he knows where to throw it, when to throw it, and to get, how to get it there. But Justin Herbert, you know what I mean? You see these guys with that, can, and that's what they think, and they got—you got to be that guy to be successful. Even though, like, you know, Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls, not having an absolute cannon for an arm. And I, when I say Tom Brady, I mean Tom Brady teams, because I hate the idea that quarterbacks just get all the credit. The team he was on. But he was the quarterback for teams that won Super Bowls and he didn't have a cannon for an arm. This cannon thing, I'm just telling you, that's another thing. These people want to just not believe in Hertz for. But I think honestly, the first round pick thing I think might be the top reason. But I think this one here plays such a massive reason in people not wanting to believe in him. And it's simply because he was benched at Alabama. So naturally. He must not be good. I think people think because Nick Saban chose Tua over Jalen Hurts that that means that Jalen Hurts just isn't that good. We've said Tom Brady's a name like a bunch here recently, right? People may not know this because, again, it was a different era. But Tom Brady split time at Michigan With Drew Henson. Tom Brady was quote-unquote benched. Right? For Drew Henson. But Jalen Hurts was benched for Tua. Who, by the way, was a top five pick. And that means he's just not good. Even though, after he was benched, he was the best type of teammate you could ask for. He was an incredible teammate. He came in, by the way, in the SEC championship off the bench when Tua got hurt, led a comeback and led the Crimson Tide to the national championship game, where I truthfully believe if he played, they would have won. And then he was so beloved by coach, the coach who benched him that he fo- like essentially forced him to go to Oklahoma because Jalen wasn't going to transfer. Nick told him, you have to go there because you need to play so you could become a pro. And he said he said Oklahoma was the place to go. He went to Oklahoma, and look at what happened. He almost won the Heisman Trophy there. If Joe Burrow didn't have arguably the greatest collegiate football season of all time, Jalen Hurts probably would have won the Heisman. By the way, Jalen Hurts started for those Alabama teams, took them to the College Football Playoff, starts at Oklahoma, takes them there. You know, what I mean? like, but because he was benched at Alabama, people just want to believe he's simply not good enough. And I'm telling you, it's just like a cloud that just hovers over. But this is why everybody's so wrong about Jalen Hurts and why they doubt him. It's just the guy has improved every single year in the NFL. Look back to his first year. Look back to the growth that he has made as a player. And here's my question. What makes you think he's going to stop growing? He is clearly an exceptionally hard worker. He is the purest definition of a leader that I could recall the Eagles having at the quarterback position. Nick Foles is the closest thing, and they had different ways of doing it. Jalen might be a little bit more vocal with his teammates maybe than Nick, but these two guys were just leaders. You know, they had this... Aura around them where you just wanted to follow them and believe in that person, and it's funny because ironically they both share the same thing. Both weren't first round picks. Both everybody believed were naturally flawed guys. They always were looking to replace them. And not the team, by the way. This is the the media always looking to replace these guys, even though you know Foles only helped us win our only Super Bowl and Hurts has us in position to be one of the best teams in Eagles history here so far through the first ten games. But Carson Wentz, the least he had was so insane because Carson Wentz had a cannon for an arm. He was a top two pick. Isn't it funny? Think about it. Just think about you questioning Jalen Hurts. But you, you put this crown on Carson Wentz because of what he did in one season in his second year. And by the way, here's a spoiler. Jalen Hurts had a better year than Carson Wentz did in 2017. <gasps> I know nobody wants to say, it's not being talked about. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's talking about how Jalen Hurts is having a a better season this year than Carson Wentz did in 2017. It's not being said. Oh, that's your, listen, I, I mean, I, the eyeball test tells me it's true. But more so, if you need to be one of those geeks who wants to read box score numbers, go look at those. Go look at those, read them up and tell me what you got. I'm telling you. But just keep doubting Jalen Hurts. It's funny. It's just funny to me. And and it, it it pissed me off this week. Hearing it again that Jalen Hurts, we gotta doubt on Jalen Hurts. Keep doubting Jalen Hurts. Everybody's gonna doubt Jalen Hurts. Let's just keep doubting Jalen Hurts. We're gonna keep doubting him. He's the reason. He's not playing the best. That's why we're that's why it's not going so well when really he played a, I thought, an absolutely excellent game against Washington. I mean, can he help it that his three ball catchers in, in overtime or overtime in the fourth quarter fumbled the ball? Really, could he help that? Could he help that uh, again or three, two of them in that game against Washington and then once against Indianapolis all in the fourth quarter? There was fumbles, penalties, everything you could think of. But Jalen just, hey, that's what he is. You know what I mean? It doesn't bother him. He doesn't get rattled. Jalen Hurts, I'm. I, like I say it all the time, I'm just thrilled he's our quarterback. I wouldn't want anybody else. I want Jalen Hurts. He is my MVP. And speaking of, by the way, I, I saw Parsons this week asking about why MVP is a strictly a quarterback award. He's absolutely right. I mean, I do agree with that. I hate that it's strictly a quarterback award. I mean, I, I think it's so stupid. I understand the quarterback touches the ball the most, and, and they have such an impact or a big impact on the game, and I understand that, and, and I get it. But I do think that we, we do need to start getting away from it's just making this a quarterback award because it is stupidity. But Jalen Hurts is the man. I'm going to pause here for a brief second. go over, obviously, what's coming up this week with the Packers, this weekend, Sunday night, and the Eagles made an interesting hire as well, I want to talk about, but before I do, I do have a brief word here from Anchor. So the Eagles made an interesting hire this week. They brought in a former Colts coach to be a consultant. It's not Frank Reich. It's actually Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator who was fired the week before Frank Reich. And the best part about this is he's not coming in to be a consultant for the offense, even though I'm sure he could be. He's more coming in for to be a consultant for the defense. He's there to give Jonathan Gannon an offensive perspective to the defenses he calls, which I think is the most needed thing in the history of football. Now, speaking of Gannon, tape reviews out. You're able to see the All-22. Clearly, he did a lot of different things in this game, a lot more run blitzing. By the way, um, he was infinitely better in this game as a coordinator. I he, I knew it just from the game copy. And the, the tape copy, or the All-22 backed it up. And we need to literally, literally thank everything for Linval Joseph and Kong Su coming in. Because these guys were awesome. Especially Joseph. He was incredible. For off-the-street free agents, these two guys were Awesome and what they were able to ask to do and how they performed. And it clearly made the run defense infinitely better. Now, with this game coming up, are the Green Bay Packers the team they were last year? Obviously not. There's no Devontae Adams. They 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 clearly struggle in terms of you know, th- this year with their defense, especially I think it's like stopping the run. They haven't been so good. They're giving up more points. You know what I mean? Like the talent on their defense, they're not turning the ball over as much or creating turnovers. Their offense clearly is struggling. Um, Aaron Rodgers has a broken right thumb he's trying to play through. Um, But let's not kid ourselves. All that said, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback we're going to play so far this year. And that's been Jonathan Gannon's bugaboo, right? As a D coordinator. Once he gets somebody in there who knows what he's doing, they kind of tear us up. So yeah, Green Bay might be four and seven, but Rodgers is going to touch the ball in every play on offense. And he has the ability to tear this team up. And we're going to find out really quick if Jonathan Gannon has grown as a defensive coordinator and I'm looking forward to it. Like it's in Philadelphia. The Eagles will be wearing their all black uniforms, the black helmets, everything's coming out. It's a big moment. It's a big stage. They're playing a team they're better than, but they're finally playing against a quarterback who has, history has shown, when our defensive coordinator has called defenses against quarterbacks that you would put in the top 10 in the NFL, they have sliced and diced and tore our defenses up. Now this season, we have not played one of those guys yet. Kirk Cousins is probably the closest thing to a top 10 quarterback we've played because Dak Prescott was hurt when we played the Cowboys. So yes, if you think I'm not insanely interested in this. And am I fully confident in the Eagles? Because obviously, how could you not be fully confident or how could you be fully confident in the defense when again, last year we saw anytime we played a capable quarterback that they had 80% completion percentage and, you know, no turnovers, ball control, the Eagles, all these things. Well, we're going to find out quick if Jonathan has now that he has the players around him, if he's made any adjustments. Now, one player that's missing and he won't play is Avante Maddox, and I saw mixed reporting on Josiah Scott. You know, you saw Brian Baldinger, you know, kind of touting the way Josiah Scott played. But you can tell, I don't care what anybody says, you could tell in coverage Josiah Scott is a liability. There's a lot of miscommunication, and, and yeah. And, and I'm telling you this right now, is Aaron Rodgers is going to go at 33 He is going to go at 33. That's the one thing that does suck. I wish Avante Maddox was playing because I I don't want the excuse out there. You know what I mean? I don't want to have, well, hey, guys, what was Jonathan to do? Josiah Scott had to play. I don't want that. I want our full defense out there. That's what pisses me off. I wish Maddox was playing in this game so much because I just want to see with our, I want everybody to know, like, we'll know. Can we handle an elite quarterback? Even one who has a broken right thumb. It's a big test Sunday night. They run the ball well, Green Bay. They're 4-7, and seven, but hey, you know, they, they did just beat Dallas as a heads up. They played a really close game with Tennessee. They lost two good teams, but they did beat Dallas two weeks ago. So it's not like this is some bad team by any stretch. I know that their record says they are, but they're clearly capable of beating good teams. They beat Tampa Bay this year. They've beaten Dallas. So we got to show up. Sunday night game, I'm telling you this, it's it's funny, like, I just, our wide receivers haven't played really that well the last couple weeks, and by that I mean, like, if you watch the All-22s, they're just not creating the separation they were creating earlier in the year, and it could be, a like, D.J. Brown, for instance, could be a little dinged up, obviously. Devontae was on the injury report with his knee, so I mean... It could be something to that extent. But I I think our wide receivers are, are hearing this chatter. And, and I think this is something that's got to hopefully re-energize them. Because we need these guys to not be good. We need them to be great. The quarterback has clearly taken his game to the next level. You know, now the injury report for today did come out. And, um... You know, it was nothing really crazy. I mean Josh Job was didn't play last week because of a hamstring, he was limited, so looks like he'll be on you know, he'll be able to more than likely play in this game. Uh AJ Brown didn't practice due to illness. You know, you you're, you're hoping here in a couple days he'll be alright to play. Uh but Devontae Smith was limited with a knee. That's the uh, you know, obviously a concern. But it doesn't sound like he's not going to play. But for the most part, for the guys that are still there, with the exception, obviously, of Maddox and Goddard, we should be good to go. Now, one thing I do want to see the Eagles do in this game is I'd like to see them involve their tight ends a little bit more. You know, I mean, there was nothing from our tight ends in, in the game against the Colts. I'd love to see Tyree Jackson get a little bit more involved. He's 6'7". Grant Calcaterra is a great athlete. And I understand that, oh, if we put Calcaterra on the field and you can't run the ball, it cues the defense that it's going to be a pass play. Well, then run the ball with him. Force this guy to block it. If he can't hold up, then he comes out. But Tyree Jackson, you know what I mean? Like, you have a guy who's 6'7". Let's try to figure out a way to get these guys in the middle of the field. And here's the thing. If you don't trust them in the middle of the field, A.J. Brown is here for it. Like, A.J. Brown is, can he eat over the middle of the field? Use him. And let Quez stretch the field. Let Devontae stretch the field. Because obviously AJ, or AJ, Jalen loved relying on Dallas Goddard. He was a safety blanket. So we got to figure out getting this guy another safety blanket. And that's not a a negative to hurts. every quarterback has one. You know, like, a great tight end is a quarterback's best friend. Like, Brady had Gronkowski. Go through these guys. Like, you'll see it. Mahomes has Kelsey. You know, and without these guys or without Goddard right now, we just need to find a temporary safety blanket for him. And if it can't be Tyree Jackson or Jack Stoll or, or Grant Calcaterra, then let A.J. Brown do it. Move him in a little bit. Maybe Zach Pascal. move him in a little bit. But we got to figure something out there. And that'll help the offense a lot more as well. Eagles, Packers, Sunday night. I think the Eagles win the game. I do. Again, I, I I'm just going to go off of what Jonathan Gannon just gave us last week. I saw improvements. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be a fool, and I'm not going to believe what happened last year. We're going to go off of this week. And as long as Josiah Scott does not completely wreck this game as the slot corner, because I'm telling you right now, he knows this. Everybody in the building should know it. That's where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. And I hope Jonathan Gannon is smart enough to help him out. If the Eagles could avoid letting Josiah Scott get exposed... They could win this game by 10 or ten or more, honestly. They could win this game by 10, point, uh, 10 plus points. And I think they will win by 10 plus points. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Eagles Packers Sunday night. Big test. Need this W. Gotta control the NFC. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as always... Go Eagles, go.